Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Okay, this morning we are going to revisit a message that we have from our blog and our legacy page, as we've just heard from that guy earlier. Um, the question this morning I want us to consider as a general question over the morning, is what are you looking at? What is it that you are looking at at the moment that's consuming your attention? What's your focus in life? Um, not just what you're looking at, we're going to consider this morning, but where you're looking at it from, because you could look at it from here. But this morning, I hope we might consider looking at it from a different angle, and that might actually help us to see it differently. Are you with me? Thanks, Jen. Awesome. Okay, so... Before we do that, uh, the message came about 14 months ago, and it was in the context of a series of messages all about isms and the danger of isms, which Rob mentioned when he was here a few weeks ago. Uh, and I want to show you some pictures to start. We all love pictures, don't we? Let's have a look at this picture and see what you think. Nice picture. Anyone know who painted this picture? Come on, Claire, art history buff. <laughs> It was a painter. Well done, Sarah. It was John Constable. And now you'll go, ah, oh, yeah, I know. I know that guy. It is a, what is it, A? Kids, help me out. What is it? A rainbow. Well done. I had a message from Chris Inkley this week who informed me that scientists have started weighing rainbows and they found out that they're pretty light. Chris is the, is the chief of dad jokes. So if you want any awful dad jokes, go see Chris. Jenny was genuinely taken in by that. She was like, really? Wow. <laughs> um, okay, next picture. We had a pretty rainbow. What do we have? Oranges. Who painted that? Someone must know this one. It says it right there. Mr. Van Gogh. Van Gogh or Van Gogh? One, one or the other. Okay, let's have a look at another one. Anybody know what this is and who might have painted it? The girl with the pearl earring, very good. Does anyone know who it was? What Pete said. Vermeer. Yes, very good. Johannes Vermeer. Has anyone seen the movie? The ladies in my house were very excited by the movie because it has Colin Firth in it. So if anyone wants to watch it, that might be an attracting feature. Now, these three paintings are all pictures of something. They all show you, here's a rainbow. Here's some oranges. Here's a person. This is what I saw, and I want to show you what I saw. I think a lot of life, we're doing that. We're going like, here's what I see, and I want to show you what I see. But we explored this idea of art called minimalism. And in minimalism, we explored the white paintings. Let's have a look at a white painting and see what we see. I want to know what you see. Give me some feedback. Come on. 
Edges, okay. Someone's edgy over here. Any more ideas? What do you see? Is anyone thinking, I don't want to say it, but nothing. I'm seeing nothing. Do you know what that painting's called? Bridge. Ooh. <laughs> Clearly an art buff over here, Jeff. You're meant to say, oh, yes, I see it now. Yeah, I see the bridge. Um, I don't know why it's called bridge, but this era of paintings wasn't there to show you what something looks like. It's not a polar bear in a snowstorm. It is there to say, what do you see? And the phrase that we visited, which Anth mentions later on today, which is why I'm saying all of this to set it up, is the phrase, what you see is what you see. So what are you looking at this morning? You're looking at something in life that's consuming a lot of your attention. And what you see isn't just that thing. What you're seeing is what you're seeing. So why are you seeing it that way? This is the quest we're on today, to explore what is it in us that's seeing it from there. We are perceiving something. Could we perceive something different if we moved where we're standing and saw it from a different perspective? Because we can see the same thing in lots of different ways if we are willing to change our perspective. And here is a clip of two people who saw the same thing in very different ways. Let's have a look. Well, good morning. I do hope you realise today that most of these kids' films are actually for adults. <laughs> you do know that's the strategy. The, the content is aimed at adults so that the adults will take the kids and then they get the money and both parties are satisfied. I think I might call this morning's talk, Don't Burn the Guitar, as an ode to perspective, and you'll see why as we go through. Um, I have used a photograph that was taken many years ago, many times when I've preached around the world. And uh, this is the particular photograph that, that I've used. And um, if you take a good look at that photograph, what you will see is how I am craftily taking a wee in that lady's bag with none of the people around perceiving what it is that I'm actually doing. Now, I've used this many times to illustrate how your perspective or the angle from which you view a thing influences at very best or actually determines your perception of what you see. The angle or the place from which you view anything will determine your perception of that thing. That's the problem with a single point of view. Because you understand a point of view is just a view from a point. And the problem is we are not sometimes wise enough to understand that our point of view is just that, a view from a point, and that we need to broaden our view because if we only view from a point, we will only ever perceive things according to the angle from which we view the situation. I love this film, Trolls. I've watched this so many times this week. I think it's absolutely hilarious. The question is, from the movie we saw, are you a the Bergens are coming person? Do you understand what I'm saying? And I love the way that Branch does not think that that's what he does. And most of the time we do not believe the level of negativity that we have in our life 
and the defectiveness of our perspective, but try to justify it with, I don't do that. I love the card. I think the card for me, every time I watch that, it makes me laugh. Especially the little tune, Celebrate Freedom from the Bergens. Uh, and squirting the, squirting the glitter on him. There's another thing he says in the movie that I think has parallels with us. He says, I wouldn't be caught dead at your party. So when we're trying to bring change to lives, often there's this underlying thing, spoken or not spoken, I wouldn't be caught dead at your party, but you will be caught and dead. See, we're back to the, we're back to the grug uh, and the crudes, end of every story, and died. Now, I like what comes in at the end because he says, thank you for sharing your unique perspective. And I've no doubt you have a unique perspective, but your perspective could be, I wouldn't be caught dead at your party, but you'll be caught and dead. And what his response to her is, tune out his negative vibrations, Poppy. Some folks just don't want to be happy. Now, what interests me in human psychology is we would all say that we want the issues that cause us distress and anxiety to be gone. But actually, when you begin to dig a little deeper into the psyche, some folks just don't want to be happy. And the longer those things in our life have defined us, that has become our perception because of our perspective. And now our perspective on life causes us to have the perception and we just won't or can't be happy. Now I'm not going to go into the deep issue of, of where the words perspective and perception come from or what they definitely mean, except briefly to say that perspective... W- molded in the 14th century into a word that means the science of optics. Perspective is about the science of optics. How you see, where you see, where you are looking from. It means to look closely at or look through. So your perspective is how you look at things and how you look through things. Now, perception is an understanding or a taking of cognizance. So when we talk about cognitive thinking, that develops from our perspective on life. And I love what it says uh, in one of the dictionary definitions. It says, perception is a noun of action. So you will act out your perception that's governed by your perspective. So perspective determines perception. Now, I will never be able to change how you see life, love, God, and other mysteries unless I can change your perspective. Now, some people interpret perception before perspective and some perspective before perception if you look at people online and that's fine because it doesn't really matter as long as you catch the principle. In my understanding, perspective is related to position. So my perspective on things related to position while perception is related to meaning. So that brings into the equation two things. How I see the world, how I see things, and how I interpret what I see. This brings us into the arena of how belief is shaped or formed. 
Beliefs are generally formed in two ways, and we've talked about this a little bit before. They are formed by our experiences, by the inferences we have in life, what is inferred to us, and by the deductions that we make. Well, if this is happening, and it could be that, then it must be because... And the second way that beliefs are formed is by accepting what others tell us to be true. And that's one of the major ways, especially if we have had experiences a certain way about authority, then whatever anybody tells us who's in authority to be true, we believe it must be true because they wouldn't do anything to harm us, would they? Now, going back to what we said about the... uh, the minimalist view of art and, and, the, and the white canvas. And we learned that what you see is what you see. And that's true of life. What you see is what you see. But what you perceive from what you see is affected by many influences. Few of them are pure and few of them are free from excesses. So where, are you, where you are looking from, in your heart, in your spirit, in your position, at life, where you are looking from is way more important than what you are looking at. So if you're trying to fix what you're looking at, whether the, rather than where you are looking from, the chances are you will never truly fix it from the inside out. Now, if you want a little illustration about that, me and the Bible... I heard a man talk several years ago and it challenged me because I thought, what would happen if I somehow could manage to blank out all the things that I have been told the Bible means and who God is and begin to read Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, pushing back all of those experiences, inferences, deductions and what others had told me, what would be the conclusions that I would draw from what I was reading? I wasn't six verses in before I had a complete different understanding of God. I wasn't three chapters in before I began to understand that my perspective had influenced my perception and now the God that I believed in was not the God of Jesus because I had believed immediately just from three chapters the lie of separation. And once I looked from that wrong perspective of influence, accepted the lie of separation, my perception was that everything springs out of us being separated from God. And so everything after that was all about trying to fix that, which then causes you not to be able to even understand Jesus and why he came and why he died and why he rose again. Perspective then is to do with what you see. Your point of view, the place or position from which you view a thing. Perception is to do with the meaning you attach to what you see. What you interpret, how you translate, this in turn may well determine your whole attitude to life and the level of joy and contentment that you experience. I love these clips. They're just brilliant. I'm familiar with the uh, glass illustration in respect to perspective and perception. 
You know the one where the glass has half filled with water? But you see, there are some thoughts we need to grasp about that. Whether you see the glass as half full or half empty is irrelevant in respect to the reality of the glass, in respect to the reality of the situation. But how you assign meaning or accept influence from the glass is of utter relevance. Physical observation of the glass is an emotive act allowing a description merely of where in the object the level of water is seen in respect to conventional method of measurement. It's nothing more or less than that, just like looking at life. Half would be correct in the context of perspective from the side, but what if you look down on the glass from above? What if you look up at the glass from beneath? It's irrelevant because it's all a matter of perspective. Full or empty is purely the assigning of some kind of meaning to that measurement. Therefore, what you are seeing is what you are seeing. What you assign to that which you are seeing is purely a perception emanating from your own soul. Perspective allows you to see the object and its content in a measurable way. Perception interprets what the object and its contents seem to be indicating. Therefore, lack or sufficiency will be your conclusion from the same glass, from the same life, from the same incident. So does the perception change the perspective or does the perspective change the perception? I don't care. It is what it is. The little clip up there. I don't sing and I don't relax. Now some of you, you know that's your life now. I don't sing and I don't relax. And so I love the fact that she bursts into Simon and Garfunkel's Sound of Silence and some words that will be familiar to some of you. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. But get this, it's powerful, powerful lyrics. The vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. Maybe you need some noise today to shift your perspective because there is a vision that was planted in your brain that still remains and is determining your perspective on life. So where you look from is more important than what you're looking at. So your perception is compromised because your perspective is fixed. Darkness, your old friend. The vision planted in your brain. Now, there's a fantastic little story in the Old Testament of the Bible. And I love the, the metaphorical sim symbolism 
and importance of these stories that are conveyed in these ancient writings. It's absolutely wonderful. And there's a story about the ancient Israelite prophet Elisha and his servant. Now, Elisha was one of those people who would irritate the snot out of anybody who wasn't flowing in the same flow. Because the king of a nation called the Arameans couldn't seem to do anything without the king of Israel knowing about it because Elisha always knew what was coming next. People who know what's coming next are always an irritation to those who don't. But it should be listened to in the context of some of the things we talked about last week. And so dear old Elisha, he, he's irritating this king because he always knows what's coming next. Thank God for people who know what's coming next. But this is, we'll pick up the story in, in, in 2 Kings chapter 6 where the king says, go find out where he is so I can send men and capture him. And the report came back, he's in a, a town called Dothan. Then this king of the Arameans sent horses and chariots and strong forces there and they went by night and surrounded the city. So now here's the imagery. Elisha is now surrounded by adversity, by circumstances which are not conducive to his well-being. He feels imprisoned and trapped and so it doesn't seem he can ever move away from where he is. But here's what happens. When the servant of the man of God, Elisha's servant, got up and went out early in the morning, the next day, he saw an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And he says to Elisha, Oh my Lord, what shall we do? The Bergens are coming. The Bergens are coming. The Bergens are coming. And this is what Elisha said, don't be afraid, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now here's what I wanted you to grasp from this wonderful imagery. And Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, open his eyes, the science of optics, perspective, O oh Lord, open his eyes, O oh Lord, open his eyes, so that he may see, but see from a different perspective than the one that he had looked at previous to that, which says there's no escape, the enemies are too strong, they're too big, we're captured, we're going to die, the Bergens are coming. The science of optics in perspective, Lord open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots at horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. He began to see a different picture. He began to perceive that what he first saw was not the whole picture but that if his perspective was changed, maybe his perception would change, and he realised that actually they were not the ones in danger. And you read the story on in 2 Kings chapter 6, a good story, how then it's interesting that the eyes of the Arameans are blinded. Why? Their perspective became defective because of their intentions. So what you see is what you see, but when our perspective moves to look past or beyond, our perception becomes enlightened 
to other possible outcomes. So tying in to our last clip and explaining why I chose the title for today, please don't burn the guitar this morning. Morning. I'm your human contact, or the toilet break, whatever you want to look at it as. But, um, two things that I just want to grab from what he said, and one of them was how your perspective can affect the joy that you're experiencing, and how that bit at the end about sometimes changing your perspective is about your enlightenment. And just to put a bit of a modern day example into this, I was on Facebook this week and on a parenting chat book and this woman had posted anonymously about um, she was having difficulties in her marriage and she was questioning whether to stay or whether to leave. And she was saying, you know, I can see if I stay that there's this, this and this. I can see if I leave, there's this, this and this. And she said a lot of recently I've heard people about talk about leaving and, and that sort of always seems to be the answer but I kind of want to hear from people who have stayed and who have worked through some things and I went onto the comments to have a read and lo and behold everybody had a different opinion a different perception of a different perspective they were all coming from it from their experience which has led them to have their certain perspective on their worldview which when they were put imparting into this woman's choice and really, it didn't give her much chance either way because the problem was there needed to be a higher perspective and a different way of looking at things. And what it got me thinking was is that actually there is no right or wrong choices sometimes with these things because you can't escape life. And if you stay, you're, trying to, you're kind of thinking, well... I'm not sure what that's going to offer me. And if I leave, you kind of t tell yourself this story that it might be the grass is greener or things will be better, when actually it, it could be better either way. And we try and escape life and we escape these choices. But whatever choice you make from whatever perspective you're at, <laughs> your life's going to come at you because life gives you heartache, life gives, life gives you joy, life gives you pain, life gives you happy experiences and it's all like we've talked about recently temporary so you can't be making your choices all the time from these perspectives and what AMF is now going to beautifully talk about is about changing your point of view and your perspective to be about a faith perspective to be about not coming from your beliefs but coming from a point of view of faith which is a higher perspective and basically it means that in this example of this woman and her marriage she can choose to stay and tackle that with a faith perspective that'll say I've got the consequences and the and the and the um, difficulties that I will face but I will come from them from a from a point of faith of trying to work these things through or she could leave and equally face consequences and hardships and difficult choices and equally come from a point of faith which could help her walk through those things. And it's all about the power of I will. And the song we're now going to hear with Poppy is I will get back up again. And that is what faith helps you do. It helps you see I will. So if you notice, we are not in any way trying to suggest that the challenges of life are not what they are. What we're trying to show from this last clip from Trolls, where she sings, get back up again, it's despite it all. Not without it all, but despite it all. What do you notice about the princess there? 
What I notice is this, in spite of it all, her perspective is giving her a perception that brings her to, I will get back up again, which in Bible terms is resurrection. This too shall live. You will die and not, you will live and not die. Now watching that final video reminds me of the three Ps that we talked about some time ago in respect to how perspective determines perception. Those three Ps were Ps that happen in our life. Permanent, pervasive, personal. That's what causes the problem when we have a, 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 defective, a defective perspective. Our perception is that everything that happens to us in life is permanent pervasive, that means it affects everything, and personal. It's all about me, it's just me. Why is this happening to me? And this was Branch's perception in the Trolls. Branch is the guy at the beginning who said, the Bergens are coming. Now, if this is your experience of life, what you need is a change of perspective and a resolve to stop defending a set of beliefs that are preventing you from living life from the place of faith. It doesn't mean stop seeing life's realities, but it means stop living from the place of life's realities and start living from the place of faith, like on the video. That I propose to you is why you need a gospel. You know the word gospel means good news. Now much of what's been purported as the gospel through Christian, uh, Christian avenues is anything but good news, the way I see it. But the real gospel, what gospel means is good news. And that is why, all of this is why you need a gospel. You need a gospel. You need a good news. Not because of the beliefs within it, but because of the faith that comes from it. And that's where the good news gospel of Jesus lost its way in Christendom because it became about the beliefs within it, not the faith that comes from it. And I am in this not because of the beliefs within it, but because of the faith that comes from it. See, that's the perspective of the gospel, which gives you a perception of the Christ. Faith is not, if you believe enough, you can fix this. Unfortunately, the influences on my life made me feel that that's what faith was. If you believe enough, you can fix this. So you, like me, has probably been in that position and maybe today with, I can't fix this, and you think it's because you can't believe enough. It's got nothing to do with how much you do or do not believe. Faith is an inner conviction that all will be well. Many, many centuries ago, a lady called Julianne of Norwich, an ancient mystic Christian, wrote these words, All will be well, and all things shall be well. That was her statement from this perception that comes from a perspective because she'd got some good news that she'd allowed to come up within her. 
See, faith is an inner conviction that all will be well. And because of that, it energizes a different three Ps. So instead of our looking at life and thinking this is permanent, this is pervasive, this is personal, it energizes three Ps that are the three Ps that say, I will have peace, I will know presence, and I will have purpose. So we replace permanent, pervasive, personal, the Bergens are coming, with peace, presence, and purpose, I will get up again. Because you now think, if you get peace, presence, and purpose, those three Ps, you now think in terms of passing, contained, purposeful. So instead of it being permanent, pervasive, personal, it now becomes passing, contained, purposeful. Faith is the perception formed from the cross perspective. Now let me explain that, lest some of you think I'm getting all all, old narrative religious on you. It's very important. Faith is the perception formed from the cross perspective. And here's what I mean. Jesus' last words on the cross were what? It's all over. It's terrible. The Bergens are coming. I've failed. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. His last words were, it is finished. That's the cross perspective. The cross perspective is not, you're a worm, you're terrible, and look, I had to do all this because you're a failure. And unfortunately, that's been sometimes the influence. I love what Billy Connolly says. The only thing he ever learned uh, being raised in a Catholic school under the nuns was Jesus died and it's your fault. And we may have masked it with lovely songs and lovely prayers, but honestly, I grew up with Jesus died and it's your fault. If it wasn't for you, he wouldn't have had to die. I don't believe none of that stuff anymore. I do believe in Jesus. And I do know that there is wonderful meaning in his death on the cross. But I also mean that the cross perspective is, it is finished. That's the point of all this. It is finished. This thing does not have the last word, is the cross perspective. And, and to put it in modern terms from our video, if you knock, knock, knock me over, I will get back up again. Don't you find it interesting that faith cannot be used negatively? I've never heard anybody ever say, I have faith, you're going to die. Never heard anybody say, I have faith that this will turn out really bad. I only people, hear people say what? I believe you're going to die. I believe this will turn out really bad. There is something about faith, to quote from Danny's song, that takes us beyond belief. That's why I believe the objective of Jesus and the Christ revelation, or I should say that's why I have faith, in the objective of Jesus and the Christ revelation and the purpose of all true scripture, it is not to establish in us a set of beliefs, but rather offer an invitation into what it means to live a life of faith. 
a different perception from a different perspective. So where are you looking from? See, if I can shift your perspective, I can change your perception. It's interesting that 2,000 years ago almost, the Apostle Paul had that in his mind when he wrote to a church that was in Ephesus. And he wrote these words to them. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now bear in mind, he's speaking to very religious communities who understand about God's and thrones and heavens and authorities. And so Paul uses this picture and says, listen, the whole business of this gospel that I brought to you is that your perspective might change to one that is seated up there rather than crushed down there. So you're looking from up here, looking down from a different perspective because it is finished. Because this is not the last word. Because I will get up again. And God was even at that through Moses in the Old Testament when through inspiration Moses writes these words to the Israelites, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. He's trying to get them to a different perspective which is you are the head and not the tail, you're the first and not the last, you are above and not beneath. Now when you grasp that by faith, your perception of life, like in that beautiful video, I love when she goes down and she thinks this is amazing and then one thing eats the other thing which eats the other thing which eats the other thing which eats the other thing. And I love the fact that she finishes the song wrapped in a spider's web with a croaky voice but saying, I will get up again. Do you know what? She will get up again. And so to quote what she said, hey, I'm not giving up today. There's nothing getting in my way. And if you knock, knock, knock me over, I will get back up again. Oh, if something goes a little wrong, well, you can go ahead and bring it on. Because if you knock, knock, knock me over, I will get back up again. What if it's all a big mistake? What if it's more than I can take? No! I can't think that way because I know that I'm really, really, really going to be okay. Hey, I'm not giving up today. There's nothing getting in my way. If you knock, knock, knock me over, I will get back up again. Oh, if something goes a little wrong, well, you can go ahead and bring it on because if, if you knock, knock me over, I will get back up again. That's the perception that comes from the perspective that has been changed because we understand the gospel that gives us the opportunity to say it is finished. This is not the last word and allows me then to rise in that spirit of faith, not to try and develop a new belief, but to rise in that spirit of faith so that out of that spirit of faith, things will shift. And so let me finish with this. In the words of our last song, that I want you to make your confession of prayer today, I am changing. Declare it. Don't, don't make it a sort of a, 
a, a vacant, like, I'm sort of reluctantly, you've got to make it a confident statement of I am changing. You've got to declare it. You've got to faith the facts, which is different to facing the facts. When you have this perception from a new perspective, you faith the facts and the world looks different. Take the position and see your perception be transformed as your mind is renewed and your life will begin to change and instead of going out here today crushed, you will say, I will get up again. Good stuff, isn't it? And that is just one of the little nuggets we've got on the website. So feel free to have a browse this week because um, there is so much good stuff on there. Um, so if you're looking for a bit of inspiration, it's a good place to go. Okay, I just want to wrap this up. Um, There's something I noticed when um, I was listening to Anth say this this week, which was when Elisha uh, was surrounded by all his enemies and was looking out and seeing this army, he was in a certain place. And it just piqued my interest because the place was called Dothan. And I was like, hmm, I've not heard of that before. I'll Google it. So I Googled Dothan, and it's mentioned one other time in the Bible. I'm not going to go into that now. The other time it's mentioned is uh, in the story of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. It was where he got beaten up by his brothers, thrown in a pit. Uh, have a look into that this week because it's quite interesting how the two are quite similar situations. Maybe there's some symbology in there. Um, what piqued my interest also is I Googled Dothan and what the name means. And it's a town, and the name of the town means two wells, as in two wells, two sources from which you could draw your water, two places from which you might get the thing that brings you life. I feel like there's something in there, isn't there, that this guy's in a situation where he's looking at something that looks awful, and there are two places from which he might draw his conclusions and his perspective that are going to change his perception. Recently, we've been talking about these. In fact, we've been doing it for a couple of years now, that there are two ways of looking at the world. One is through our beliefs. Our beliefs tend to be formed by our experiences in the past. They're based on, like, I believe this because I've had this experience before, or I believe this because someone else had this experience, and I've then taken on their beliefs from that. Faith isn't based from the past. I think faith is a now thing. Faith is about looking and seeing something bigger than what the past is telling us about our situation. And let's be honest, the reason we are freaked out, anxious, fearful, annoyed, isn't because usually of a present perspective or a future vision. It's usually because of the past and what that person did and what they didn't say and what I didn't do. It's all about the past. And said, faith is the inner conviction that all will be well, and I thought that was quite funny when you're looking at a place that's all about two wells. And he said, faith is the inner conviction that all will be well. So what is the opposite of faith? Some of us would think, well, the opposite of faith, because faith is believing the right stuff, the opposite of faith is doubt, because that's questioning the right stuff. Well, one person once said, faith, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. So often the way that we look at life, rather than having a I can see something bigger than what's going on or what the past is telling me. We go with sight. And sight is, ah, like I can see everything that's awful here. And if we make that our well, that our source of life, then uh, I think our 
scope and our future is going to be limited by the past rather than limitless potential because of faith. Now, we're going to sing a song to wrap up. But I've had this nagging feeling um, when silence was mentioned earlier. So I want to just take 30 seconds. I want to give you 30 seconds of silence. Because I think sometimes in silence, we can hear ourselves better sometimes. Um, So I want to just take 30 seconds for you to think, what are you looking at right now in your life? And how are you seeing it? Is that in a limitless potential way? Are you full of optimism and yes? Or are you like limited by the past and maybe by beliefs that are going on? Um, Because I think sometimes it's time to question and doubt the things that are pulling us back from living in the yes of life. So I want to give you that 30 seconds right now just to pause. Okay, we're going to sing a song to wrap up. It's not the one Anth mentioned, because unfortunately I don't quite have the pipes that Connie's got, and I can't emulate her song that she did. It is incredible if you want to find it. Have a look on the website for I Am Changing. Um, But we're going to sing a song called Yesterday, and uh, this has the lyrics, I'm positive something's going to change, but it might need to be my point of view, because I've been whinging all about the rain So let's just dance and watch the sun shine through. With just a tiny change of mind, I think we might start to find that life's got more to offer. Um, The whole song is about how we can kiss goodbye to yesterday and say yes, today. So I think faith is about kissing goodbye to yesterday, all the beliefs that that might have formed. Some of them may be good, some not. But be willing to question them and step into some faith today that actually looks into the potential of what we can be. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>